0: As we enter into 2014, that we implement these specific words. The first word I want to talk to you about is reaching. The second word is recovering. And then the third one, praise the Lord, Well, the first one is releasing, excuse me. The second one, amen, of course, is uh, recovering. And the last one is reaching. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that the word of God is life. And Lord, we believe that we receive utterance today as the word of God goes forward in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. You're believing with me today, right? Awesome. Good, 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 good. Now, we've been doing a series called Freedom From and then fill in the blank. This will be the last time on Sunday morning we talk about Freedom From and then we'll move this to the following Wednesday night. But today I want to talk to you about freedom from the past. In Ephesians 1-7, in the message translation it says, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are a free people. Free of penalties and punishments. Chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, but we are abundantly free. Jesus said this, If the Son liberates you and makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. So, free indeed, unquestionably free, and abundantly free. How can you lose? Now, Saul, Paul, before he became Paul, was Saul of Tarsus. And if you know anything about Saul of Tarsus, he was a bad dude. He had bad intentions. And he persecuted the church of God, and, and he brought forth judgment and, and death upon many, many Christians. But oh, on the road of Damascus, the apostle Paul, glory to God, met Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And if you will look at the Pauline epistles, you will see that Paul consistently talked about who we are, what we have, and what we can do now that we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And probably one of the most famous scriptures that I can think of that Paul penned was in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Where it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. Or a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, hallelujah... Became a new creation in Christ Jesus. He was not any longer what he used to be. And when you come into the kingdom of God. You are no longer who you used to be. You are no longer. You no longer belong who you used to belong to. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everyone say freedom. freedom. From, the past. from the past. Now you know my past. I had a rough past. But I don't dwell on my past. I'm living in the new creation. Now, some of my friends tracked me down, some of my high school friends, and they were quite, uh, you know, amazed at the fact that I was a preacher. They Googled me and they found out that I am a preacher in the Bay Area. I think they were somewhat bewildered because, you see, they related to the mark that used to be. But the mark that used to be ain't the mark that is right now. I ain't is who I used to be, and I'm not going back to what I used to be. I is what I is by the grace of God because of whose I am and what I am in Christ Jesus. And so are you. So, forgetting, forgetting, releasing, releasing the past. You know, that's difficult for a lot of people. They hold on to grudges and hold on to strife and hold on to unforgiveness, sometimes with family members, sometimes with people in the marketplace. Did you know that people sometimes have difficulty forgiving themselves? If we're going to move forward into 2014, we need to make sure that we're letting go of some things. Warren Wiersbe said this, he says, you do not move ahead by constantly looking in a rearview mirror. He said, we must learn from the past, but not live in the past. How many of you ever heard of a, a, a baseball coach by the name of Sparky Anderson? For those of you who don't know who Sparky was, Sparky coached the Detroit Tigers for many years. And he said this, he said, I've got faults, but living in the past is not one of them. He says, there's no future in it. There's no future in your past. And here's what Paul said, and this is what we want to camp on for a while today. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. You're believing with me this morning, right? Philippians the third chapter, verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I have not arrived. But this one thing I do, and I do for sure... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I forget the past. I forget the past. I let the past go. If we're going to live a life in Christ and walk in the fullness of God's plan for our lives, we must learn the lesson from Paul to let go of the past. Let go of the past. Learning to forget includes learning to forgive. And forgiveness is twofold. We must forgive others, but you know what? There are times when we need to forgive ourselves. Well, I ask the Lord to forgive me, but I don't feel forgiven. Well, what do your feelings have to do with it? We don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. Don't believe your feelings above God's word. God's word is final authority. God says he's forgiven you. You're forgiven. Now, go on with your life. Amen. Yeah, but I've failed miserably. Well, join the club. (laughs) Just because you have failed miserably does not mean you are a failure. Just because you've been knocked down does not mean you're knocked out. You need to get up, dust yourself off, forgive yourself, and move on with the plan and the goodness of God for your life. Now, Jesus, he outlined for us the inevitable law of faith. Let me quote it to you. Mark 11, 22 through 25. He said, have faith in God. How many of you have faith in God? Amen. Then he said in verse 23, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And then verse 24, therefore I say unto you, who's he talking to? Talking to me. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what will happen? Now, notice with me in verse 25. In the same context of this glorious, wonderful law of faith, Jesus points out, and when you stand praying, make sure that you forgive. For unforgiveness will hinder your faith from working. Unforgiveness will hinder your prayers from being answered. Amen? Amen? Forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven... May forgive you of your trespasses. Say this with me. To forgive forgive. is to release. release. That's our first R today. Release. Now the word release, I looked it up. The word release means to set free from restraints of any kind. To be free from pain or care or trouble. It means to simply quit or to let go. When you forgive someone, you let them go. When you forget some, forgive someone, you release them. But understand this. When you do forgive someone, you are not only releasing them, but you are releasing yourself from all sorts of trouble. Yes. From all sorts of bondage. Listen, living in unforgiveness is bondage. Yes. And the Son of God may want to liberate many of you, or some of you today, from unforgiveness. Keith Moore says this. He says, Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Where strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. See, when you release, you are liberated. When you release, you are letting go and you are letting God. Somebody says, Well, I asked that person to forgive me, but they didn't forgive me. Well, that's their problem, not yours. You've done what you needed to do. You've taken the first step toward reconciliation. If your slate is clean, glory to God, you're free. Yeah, but what about them? They have a responsibility between them and God to forgive. You cannot make a person forgive you. Are you listening to me? And so we understand then that in Matthew chapter 18, I want to read this set of scriptures to you. Turn with me to Matthew 18 verse 21. Everyone say release. release. Verse 21 through the end of the chapter it says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said, I say not unto thee until seven times, but try 490 times. And the context denotes that it's in the same day. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. Everyone say, moved with compassion. And what did he do? He loosed him or released him and forgave him the debt. Okay, so this guy is scot-free, right? He has been released. Now, once you're released then and compassion has been shown upon you, don't you think it'd be a good thing to show compassion and mercy on others? See, the Bible says blessed, happy to be envied are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. But this guy did the exact opposite. Pick it up with me in verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence and laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Wow. Pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. But he wouldn't do it, but he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, mark this down. Unforgiveness is wickedness. How many of you have heard the term wicker furniture? Wicker furniture is furniture that is kind of twisted. Unforgiveness will twist your life up. It'll stop the power of God from flowing through your spirit. It'll stop your money. It'll stop your marriage. It'll stop things in your life that God never intended to be stopped. So I think we should stop it before it stops us. Forgive before it takes place in our life. He said, I forgave thee all that debt because you desire me. Shouldest thou not have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have had pity on thee? What's the answer? And as Lord was upset and delivered unto the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So you've got to take the first step. Before you enter into 2014, make sure that there is not even a hint of unforgiveness in your life. Are you, can you say amen? Amen. Now the second R that we want to look at today is recover. Everyone shout recover. Recover. How many of you know sometimes when you've released some things, it takes time to recover? Okay. Okay. Now, we're going to look at this a little bit more closely than the first R. I think this is very important that we see this. First of all, let me start with the definition to recover. To recover means to regain. It means to get or obtain that which was lost as to recover stolen goods. It means also to recover sight or senses. Very interesting. When there's unforgiveness in my life or unforgiveness in the life of a believer, they can't see clearly. Their spiritual eyes become blinded. Why? Because unforgiveness and strife is like a root of bitterness that when it takes root in our lives, springs up and troubles us. But when you recover, you'll be able to see what you need to see. Hallelujah. But also this, to recover health, Or strength after sickness. Now one reason, but not the only reason, that people carried sickness and disease in their bodies is because they're carrying the spirit of unforgiveness around with them. And the devil accommodates that. But oh, thank God, once you recover, you'll be quickened in your body, quickened in your soul, quickened in your mind, and there'll be strength again for your life. The word recover also means to regain to a former state or condition. It means to repair an injury done by neglect as to recover lost time. And I love this one. The word recover means to regain to a former state. To regain to a former state. And you say, Pastor, you know what? This year has been a good year, but it's been a tough year. And I can't say that at the end of this year that I'm stronger than I was in the beginning of the year. And I can't say that I'm as strong as I was in the middle of the year. But you know what? You can be strong again. You can recover. Well, my relationships aren't as strong as they used to be. The good news is this, is God is the restorer and he can cause your relationships to be recovered. Well, I've lost some finances. I've lost some joy. The bottom line today is this, is you can be strong again. Look at your neighbor and say strong again. All right, let's work with this just a little bit. Psalms 37, notice with me verse 23 and 24. You guys are listening good. Amen. And I'm doing pretty good too. By God's grace. I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning totally refreshed, couldn't go back to sleep. I said, well, glory to God, I'm going to turn John Hagee on. That guy's funny. All right, Psalm 37, verse 23 and verse 24. Would you please read it with me? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Though a good man falls, the Bible says, he shall not utterly be cast down. It reminds me of what Paul said. I may get knocked down, but I'm never knocked out. Amen. Yeah. Can good men and good women fall? Yeah. Yeah. But the good news is, is God will pick them up. Yeah. God will lift them up. So don't you rejoice against me, O my enemy, when I fall. Because I tell you, by the grace of God, I shall arise. That should be your attitude. I shall arise. Now look at uh, Proverbs 24 with me. And notice with me in verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. It says, for a just man or a righteous man, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, falls how many times? But what does he do? He rises up again. Why? Because the Lord will pick him up. Now I got a word from the Lord for you today is you can get back up if you've been down. You can be strong again. Your fellowship with Jesus can be sweeter in 2014 than it was 2013. Come on, somebody. How many of you know the Apostle Peter had his ups and downs? I mean, one moment, he's saying, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus is commending him for the revelation that who he was, the son of the living God. But then in a little while, <laughs> Jesus tells him about going to the cross and giving up his life as a ransom for many. And Peter interrupts and says, oh, no, 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 no way. Now that can't be. And Jesus points and says, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but rather that be of men. So Peter had his ups. Peter had his downs. You know Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny Him three times. Yeah, He knew that. He knew it. He saw it coming, and He tried to tell Peter about it. And Peter said, "No, nah, no way. I got this, man. This ain't happening to this boy. I'm the dude who said you're the Christ, the Son of the Living God." But his pride was his downfall. Peter fell. Hello? Pride goes before a fall. But the good news is this. Is Jesus saw it coming. And because Jesus saw it coming, he said something to Peter that reveals something to us about our lives. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look with me at Luke chapter 22. I'll show you what I mean. Luke chapter 22 verses 30 to 32. Anytime you get a Simon, Simon, or a Martha, Martha, it, you know, you better pay attention. So you, you get woken up in the middle of the night and it says, Jimmy, Jimmy, you better pay attention. <laughs> or Mark, Mark. All right. Luke chapter 22, verse 30 to 32. Now I'm going to read it. Verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may do what? That he may bless your life. No, that he may bring increase into you. No, Satan's a sifter. But, thank God for that. But I, I've prayed for you. The same Jesus that prayed for Peter prays for you. He sees things coming in our lives. But at the right hand of the Father, He is our advocate. He is our high priest. He is our mediator. He is our great intercessor. Amen. But I prayed for you. That your faith fail not. Now this is an important point. Don't just bypass this. That thy faith fail not. So it is important... That Peter's faith did not fail. And then he said, and when you are changed and when you are converted, here's what you do now. You go and strengthen your brethren. So I submit to you this morning that yes, Peter denied Christ, but he was strengthened by a revelation of how much God loved him. Come on now. And when we are strengthened by a revelation of how much God loves us, and we're able to see the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of that love, there will come strength into our hearts, and we'll be able to see ourselves strong again. Now, I want you to show this, how this is connected. Look, Look at Mark chapter 16. Yeah, Peter fell. I'm sure he didn't feel good about it. How many of you feel good when you fall? But an angel at the tomb, after Jesus had already rose from the dead, carried a message from Jesus to the disciples through the women. Mark 16 and verse 7. He says, but go your way and tell his disciples and Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man. For they were afraid. Go and tell the disciples. And by the way, bring Peter along too. Let Peter in on this. You see, Jesus believed in Peter. Just like Jesus believes in you. Do you know that he loves you at least as much, as much as he loves Peter? He believed that Peter would be converted. He prayed for that. When Jesus prays, he gets his prayers answered. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter too. Because he knew that Peter would turn. He had hope for Peter. And Peter, at some point in his life, must have been overtaken by the revelation. You know what? God's not mad at me. He's mad about me. Yeah, I may have missed it. Yeah, I may have, I have denied Christ three times. But you know what? Christ is not denying me. Amen. That's right. And the hand of the Lord is still upon me. Yeah. You see, Peter somehow, someway, tapped into the exceeding greatness of his power. Peter somehow tapped into that power that raised Jesus from the dead and he was the first one to stand up on the day of Pentecost. He went from Peter the denier to Peter the prophesier. Oh, glory to God. May his power help us to see. May his power help us to grasp and take hold of strength That is available from him. I don't care how far you have fallen. Jesus will lift you up. I just want to read this to you. From a translation that we don't have on the screen. So listen very carefully. It's the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He said for this cause. I go down on my knees before the father. From whom. Every family in heaven on earth is named. That in the wealth of his glory, everyone say the wealth, glory. the wealth of his glory. He says that in the wealth of his glory, he would make you strong with power through his spirit in your heart. That's powerful. So that Christ may have his place in your hearts through faith. Okay, I pray for you that your faith fail not, and that you, being rooted and based in love, may have strength. To see, May have strength to see. Not see with these outward eyes, but to see with your spiritual eyes. May you have strength to see with all the saints. Now listen, how wide, how long, how high and deep his love is for you. Yeah. And to have knowledge of the love of Christ, which is outside all knowledge, so that you may be made complete as God himself is complete. Now to Him who is able to do in full measure. Listen, He's able to restore you fully. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody saying that everybody needs to be restored and people that have fallen need to be strong again. Somebody says, this is a great message, Pastor, but I don't need it today. You might need it tomorrow. And not only that, you need to have these scriptures ready for people that have fallen so that you can encourage them and be a blessing to them and lift them up. That's part of bearing one another's burdens and being a blessing to those around us. Amen. So don't check out on me. Don't get those In-N-Out Burger looks on your eyes. Raiders don't start for another hour and a half, so chill. Now to Him. Now to Him. Now to Him. Who's able? He's able to do in full measure more than all our desires or thoughts through the power which is working in us. I love that, don't you? My prayer for you in 2014 is may His glorious power help you to see things you've never seen before help you to know things you have never known before and when you're tempted to be down on yourself know this that he is your shield he is your glory he is the lifter up of your head remember this that God's giftings and callings on your life will never change his hand is upon you for good But it takes faith on our part to reach into that revelation and say, you know what, God, you're not done with me yet, and I'm going to move on with you 100%. I'm not going to let my past hold me down. I'm not going to let any grave hold me down. There's a resurrected Savior living on the inside of me. And though I've been weakened by circumstances, I can be strong again. My marriage can be strong again. My body can be strong again. My mind can be strong again. Everything in my life can be strong again. Because He is the Almighty God. And He lives on the inside of you and me. Amen. is He that's in you and he that's in the world one of the words for 2014 that we very well may well get into on Tuesday night is greater people are declaring that this is the year of the greater I think it would pass rich dividends just to look through the Bible at everywhere it says great or greater in connection with God and your faith will get built up you know what if there's going to be greater things happening, it's going to come from a great God. Amen. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm going to feast on the greatness of God and believe for him to do the exceeding greatness of his glory in this land. Amen. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Strength to see. Yeah. Now, the last one is reach. The word reach, the word reach simply means to extend, it means to stretch, it means to attain or to arrive at by effort, by labor or study. It also means to gain or to obtain or to uh, penetrate to. So there is a releasing, there is a recovery, and then there's a reaching. That's what Paul meant. He said, I press toward the mark. I'm reaching to those things which are before. Don't you know that there's more for you? But you've got to reach for it. I found this in between services. I'm going to read a couple quotes for you. One person said, I'm amazed. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Have you a vision? And are you pressing and pushing toward its accomplishment. Dreaming alone will not get you there. Mix your dreams with determination and action. See, dreaming to lose 30 pounds won't do it. Dreaming to be debt-free won't do it. Dreaming to be married won't do it. There's got to be some reaching. There's got to be some action. There's got to be some determination. Paul said, my determined purpose is that I may know Him. Mark Twain, listen to this. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. Sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, and discover. Explore, dream, and discover the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is an unknown quote. Listen to this one. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The best way to predict the future is to create it. God has put creative power on the inside of every one of us. My prediction for 2014 is you are blessed coming in, blessed going out. You're the head and not the tail. You are so blessed, even the blessed call you blessed. you got so much favor. you got so many opportunities coming your way. The windows of heaven are open unto you. His blessings are flowing in your life. You are walking in the fullness of the measure of the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Opportunities on the right, opportunities on the left. Glory to God. Stop, look, and listen. The Spirit of the living God is bringing good things your way. Amen. Let's reach. Let's press. What do you say? When Spain led the world in the 15th century, their coins reflected their national arrogance and were inscribed, Ne plus ultra, which meant nothing further. Meaning that Spain was the ultimate in all of the world. After the discovery of the new world, they realized that they were not the end of the world. So they changed the inscription on their coinage to plus ultra, meaning moving beyond or more beyond. In the same pattern, some Christians lives say nothing further, but others say more beyond. Do you know that God's a God of more? If you're bored with life, you're out of the will of God. No Christian has the right to be bored. There's so much to do in the kingdom of God. There's so much advancement that God wants to do in the kingdom of God. There's so much increase he wants to bring into your life. If you're bored, it could be that you're just lazy. Nothing further. No, there's more beyond. Amen. There's more beyond. Let's dream. Let's explore. Let's discover. Let's believe that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this good little word today. Lord, we reach and we let go and reach into our new season. Lord, we reach beyond the circumstances, the failures, the disappointments, the pain, the adversity. And we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. You know, as you're listening and we're praying here, God wants to do some new things in our lives. You can look up just for another moment. In Isaiah 43, he says, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. He said, I want to do a new thing. He said, it's going to spring forth, shall you not know it. He said, I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Woo, glory. When he says, remember not the former things, what this is saying in the Hebrew is don't reenact, don't recite, don't recall the past. But release it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New things, great things, glorious things. But it's going to take some faith. And it's going to take some sight. And it's going to take some releasing.